grace to you and peace in the name of Christ. Let us begin this worship by centering ourselves, slowing down, taking about three deep breaths that our awareness might expand, that we might recognize the presence of the living spirit among us and within us. We continue worship with the introit. In honoring the tradition of our 830 service, I'll sing a short response through one time, and you are invited to sing it with me two times. Waiting and listening to hear the voice of the Spirit, praying and singing, we come to worship God. Waiting and listening to hear the voice of the Spirit, praying and singing, Worship God, waiting and listening to hear the voice of the Spirit, praying and singing, we come to worship God. Will you now join with me in the call to worship? Today, you are invited to touch and see for yourself. There is no judgment for doubt, disbelief, or uncertainty. Today, we pray you are given what you need for your faith. In receiving, we might learn to give to others without judgment. Christ accepts you. Let us learn to receive this grace. Will you join with us now in the opening hymn? Stars all. 
I do want to welcome you to worship on this Sunday morning. It is good to be with you, if not in person, at least virtually, it is good to be with you. If this is your first time joining us for a Westminster service, a special welcome to you. We are glad you have found us. In the comments, if you feel comfortable, go ahead and type a hello. Let us know that you're here worshiping with us today. And let us join together now in our community prayer. Let us be in prayer together. Patient God, slow to anger, impartial one. We can be so quick to judge, to condemn, to put down. Forgive us for jumping at every chance to expose others, to shine light on supposed shortcomings, and to shame. Heal us of the shame and guilt we carry within ourselves. You meet us where we are. You give us what we need. You send us out to encourage others. Let us receive these gifts and this calling. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, know that God's grace abounds. We are forgiven unconditionally and we are loved abundantly. In the risen Christ, we are set free. We are made new. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now I'd like to invite the children who are worshiping with us maybe to come just a little closer to the screen for our time of discovery with Jeff. Yeah, get, get close to the screen. So I want to bring you over here. Uh, so because I can't be with my real heroes, I've got my pretend heroes again here with me. So my sons and I, Joel and Theo and I, we have a YouTube channel that we love to watch. I don't know. You know, I just happened to think about something. All of the superheroes are facing you. They should be facing me. <laughs> so excuse me for a minute while I turn my pretend superheroes around. <laughs> but in any case, we have a YouTube channel that we love to watch. It's called Dude Perfect. And it's really just these four guys that do all kinds of crazy tricks. I want to show some for you. This is some they're doing in their house. It's time to eat. Let's fire up the grill. Hey, don't forget the keys. Oh, thanks. Hey, 
this is the lazy dishwasher loader. But if you knock me down, I'ma get on up. Top speed when you hit the ground, just get on up when you get knocked down. Don't forget to use a coaster, man. My bad. Pretty cool, all that stuff they do, right? They, if I told you I knew somebody who could take a match and just throw it into the grill without looking, or if I knew someone who could take a roll of paper towels and just throw them across the kitchen so they'd land right on the spot, or they could take their keys and throw them across the room and they'd land right on the hook, you would say, wow, that's awesome. But some of you would say, no way. I can't believe you know somebody that could do that. I want to see it. And so you'd have to go to YouTube and you'd have to watch and you'd subscribe to the channel and you'd say, wow, that's the coolest thing. Something similar happened with Jesus and his friends. You see, a few weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus was crucified. That was a terrible time. But then Jesus comes back and people start saying, you won't believe it. He's back. But one of his friends said, no, 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 no. I don't believe that somebody can chuck keys all the way across the room. I don't believe they can throw paper towels. I don't believe they can throw the match in. The I got to see it. I got to see it. Now, do you know what that person's name is? Do you know if they ever got to see him? Do you know, what do you think happened when he actually got to see the guy? Well, this is your chance to... After we're done here, you can go find our sacred story on our YouTube channel, which is pretty cool, but I have to admit, not quite as cool as a Dude Perfect YouTube channel. Go to WPC Tiburon YouTube, and you will see our sacred story there and find out what happens when someone says about Jesus, no, I have to see it to believe it. Now, go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. We're starting something this week that we hope to continue in the weeks to come, and that is to give you a chance to see not just those of us who are on the staff, but your fellow members and friends and visitors from Westminster with a little video check-in. So this week, we have a check-in from Porter and Elsabet Merriman. We hope you enjoy this video. Hi, I'm Porter Merriman. Um, and I'm Elsa Merriman. And we're doing fine. Yeah. What are we doing to cope? Um, I play volleyball a lot with myself and against the roof. Right. And we go for walks, and I'm cooking a lot. A lot. We're yeah. E we're eating a lot. <laughs> and it's my mom's birthday today, so... We're going to do a lot of fun things today. And it's my birthday, thank you. And we want to send well wishes to the Westminster community for health and and we're so grateful. Right? Yeah, we're so grateful for the staff for putting on the um, online church, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing, and especially in Easter and all the masses are amazing. And so we're just so grateful. And the middle school group mm -hmm. too. Yeah. All the online touches are so great. Thank yes. you all. Bye. Thank you, Porta and Elsa. It is good to see your faces and hear your voices. So now as we move to our time of prayer, I do invite you, if you have prayers to share with us, joys or concerns, to go ahead and write them in the comments. We look at those every single week, and we are in prayer for and with you throughout the week. 
And as I lead us in this prayer, there will be a couple moments of quiet as we pray together. And I invite you simply where you are in those moments of quiet to offer your own prayers. So let us be in prayer together. Creator God, we confess that at times we are skeptics. When we see the oppression, marginalization, and injustice in our world, we doubt. We wonder if your love will ever reign. In our current times of worry and anxiety and loneliness, it can be so hard to see your love and your light. So hear us now, O oh God, as we share our doubts and our concerns with you. Oh God, even in the midst of our pain and our concern, we give you thanks for the ways that you come to us in unexpected places and at unexpected times, in a locked house, in a conversation, in the stillness. You come in the midst of our doubt and our fear and our sorrow. You come in the power of the resurrection. And when you come, you bring us peace. You bring peace to the tension and conflict within and among us. You bring peace for you are a friend to us when we are alone. You bring peace that we may become peacemakers. So hear us now, O oh God, as we offer our prayers of joy and gratitude. Open our eyes, O oh God, to your work of transformation in and around us. As we walk with you each and every day, may the new life of the risen Christ be made manifest in us. And hear us now as we join our voices together in the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When I was putting together this anthem, when I wrote it three years ago, I'd been living a long time with the title phrase. I'd wanted for a long time to do a new setting of the familiar hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. And it took me a, quite a while to put together how the text map would go. And in doing that, I borrowed phrases from several familiar hymns uh, in a new way of thinking about all of them. This is My Hope is Built. Thank you. 
darkness deepens in my sorrow. I look for God in my distress. The trials come, there is hope for tomorrow. My hope is built on nothing less. A joy that seeks me through my pain. A light that follows all my way. A love that will not let me go. My hope is built on nothing less. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Although the ground is sinking sand, although the ground is sinking sand, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. revealed in our community through prayers and acts of tenderness acts of tenderness when all are welcomed in this service in this service my hope is built on nothing less built by a Our first reading is from Book of Psalms, chapter 16. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble, in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. 
their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. As he is at my right side, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let, me, let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is from the Gospel according to John. The first part of this reading may sound familiar. We heard it last Sunday as well. But today we're going to hear a little bit more of the story. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. The title for today's sermon is Touch and Know. Each week we prepare, we prepare a preview of the worship service. And part of that is selecting an image that somehow points to a theme. 
I didn't actually post that this week. I've not been as good about that since the pandemic set, set in, but we'll get better. I'd show you the image I chose for today, but it doesn't show up that well. So I'll just describe it for you because I think it captures this gospel story beautifully. It's the picture of an intersection. And if you look closely, it's the intersection between Thomas and church. Today's gospel story is a marvelous story. It's often sadly referred to as the Doubting Thomas story, which is unfortunate because I think that misunderstands the story. Thomas gets a bad rap, you see. Now, we're getting to this story a week later than most churches. It was due to a scheduling change between preachers. The lectionary always has this story the Sunday after Easter. And I have to tell you, I wonder if they do that somehow because they know that, at least from what I've heard, attendance is a little lighter on the Sunday after Easter. And maybe, just maybe, they're a little bit embarrassed of this story, the doubting Thomas. We layer all kinds of judgment on Thomas's doubt. We shame him for it. And I think in doing so, we're layering that same kind of judgment on ourselves. Well, this year, with all the shelter-in-place orders around the country, around the world, I'm hoping maybe more people were turning into church last week, tuning in uh, through virtual means, and maybe more people got exposed to this story than usual. And I hope they heard it a new way, and I hope the preachers didn't mess it up for them. And I'll try not to here. I simply want to do two simple things with you today. I don't typically telegraph my sermons, but I got to tell you, after watching sermons online for a few weeks now alongside you, it's hard to watch me, a talking head, for 20 minutes. So I'll try to fix that on a couple of fronts. But I simply want to do two basic things. The first is to provide a defense of sorts of good old Thomas to see how maybe we've gotten him wrong. And the second is to go even farther and to show how his way of wanting to see up close and actually touch might be leading us not into a shallower way of living, but a deeper, a deeper way of knowing. Well, first, Thomas. If you want a nickname for him, let's call him the twin. That's what his name means. The twin, you heard it moments ago. Now, there's not much biblical evidence or even hints as to who his brother, or I suppose sister, might be, which leaves me to wonder somewhat playfully if we are, in essence, Thomas's twin, if Thomas is our sibling in his journey. Now, as I mentioned before, we like to layer all kinds of judgment on Thomas. The other disciples come down on Thomas quite hard, and it's because of this phrase here that I'll read to you. They come and report to him what they have seen in the risen Lord, and Thomas replies, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the, in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will 
not believe. But it's worth noting something here. Thomas wasn't with the other disciples when they saw the risen Christ. He didn't have the benefit of that appearance. And moreover, if you look at the resurrection stories, the appearance stories, Jesus's appearance has almost always changed. He doesn't look like his old self. And so it would be quite natural for Thomas to want something about his appearance to reveal that he really was who he said he was and who they were saying he was. And so he asked to see the marks and to touch the wounds, to demonstrate that he really was who he said he was. But you know, maybe more profoundly than that, what's interesting about this encounter is that Jesus doesn't condemn Thomas at all. He doesn't shame him for it. He doesn't scold him or wag his finger. He simply says, and I'll read it right to you, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. It's only after Jesus willingly and without condemnation gives Thomas the evidence that he needs that then he says, and blessed are you who believe without seeing. But it's without rendering any judgment on Thomas. And I don't know about you, but to me, in this particular moment, it's a little refreshing to encounter someone who doesn't want to act on anything but physical evidence, on data. He wants to know what is true before he acts. And that's sadly not common enough these days. Now, it may be a smaller minority than we want to admit or the media wants to acknowledge, but I have to tell you, I'm both wary and weary of those who repeatedly want to deny reality to turn away from science or clear fact. What's even more troubling to me is there are groups of people who seem to flaunt their turning away from the evidence as if it's some religious merit badge. Well, I don't want to be a part of that kind of religion. Well, Richard Rohr, wonderful teacher, Franciscan priest, author, deep spiritual figure, talks about this story in his book, The Universal Christ. And what he says is, actually, if we make all of this a contest between doubt and belief or doubt and faith, then we've missed the whole point altogether. This is what he says this encounter between Thomas and Christ is really about. He writes, remember the archetypal encounter between doubting Thomas and the risen Jesus is not really a story about believing in the fact of the resurrection, but a story about believing that someone could be wounded and also resurrected at the same time. That, that is quite a different message, says Rohr, and still desperately needed. 
Put your finger here, Jesus says to Thomas, and like Thomas, we are indeed wounded and resurrected at the same time, all of us. In fact, this might be the pastoral message of the whole gospel. So you see, Thomas is wanting to see and touch might lead us to very important realizations. It might have shown him, just like it may show us, that we too can be both wounded and resurrected at the same time. And it is in his desire to see and actually touch that these realizations are made possible in his life. You know, the physical world can indeed be a portal for us into deeper truths and deeper awareness. I don't think the created world simply exists as a tool for us. I think it is sacred in and of itself, but it can be a tool for us for deeper understanding and deeper wisdom. I took a visual and sort of tactile tour of our little property a few days ago, and it was amazing what invitations were waiting for me. And I'll take you on that same tour in just a moment. And as I do, let us consider what invitations there might be for us. And perhaps you could adopt this as a practice. So let me show you around. Here's what I saw, and here's what it sparked in me. Here, for example, is a plant up close. It's blurry what I want you to focus on because the camera couldn't discern that what I wanted to focus on was the thorn, that sharp barb sticking out. I wonder where the sharpness is in our lives, in your life right now. Where are we experiencing suffering? Where might we be inflicting wounds? you know, it's a fruit tree. So this sharp plant will one day also bear fruit. Now, I'm not one that likes the belief that well, God gives us these suffering times so that we might bear fruit. But I do believe that given the suffering, we have the opportunity to see what fruit we could make from it. I wonder what fruit we could offer the world in the midst of our pain. And there's this, another plant from our deck. It's quite short, you can see. Those poles look awfully aspirational, but it used to be that tall. But it needed to be cut back. It was carrying a lot of dead weight. Where are we carrying dead pieces that not only no longer grow, but drain resources? energy that could be elsewhere. Where will we have the courage to cut back, to try again, to see what we could accomplish by starting over? And where will we allow others to start over? Here is this great redwood behind our house, so strong and old, where are our deep values, ones that came long before us and tower over us, that give us shade, that know more than we could ever imagine? 
Where are we rooted in something bigger than ourselves, something deeper? And how are we tending the soil, that good and strong and lasting rather than disposable things might endure in our world and in our lives? Some leftover building materials. I wonder what with what we have laying around we could make. We're here to do something in this world. We're here to do some kind of work. What could it be? What could we build with what we have that could serve? And here are some wildflowers. I'm sure you've been enjoying the wildflowers where you are or some blooming something or other. When I look at these, I simply think of extravagant beauty. And I know it has a purpose, but it seems delightfully wasteful to me. Where are we relishing in beauty? Where are we attending to it? Noticing it? Offering it to the world? Well, this is a well-worn section. I wonder what paths in our lives we've traveled down too many times to the same outcome, the same destination. It's also simply worn out. And where have we worn ourselves down to the mud, to the dirt and the grit? Where are we raw? What fields need to lie fallow so that they can regenerate? Or where do we need to be doing some replanting? Ah, our threatened mail system. How are we connected to those around us? With what spirit do we receive communications from others? And how do we communicate with those around us? What's not only the content, but the tenor of our messages, those we take in and those we release out to the world as gift. Here is a bud, a sign of new life, held by a hand of a young one whose life is 90% exploration still. Where are we seeing signs of new life growing? Where are we exploring still, staying curious, wondering, learning, growing, trying to figure out or simply trying to notice? Somewhere in here, maybe it's the next picture, I thought it was this one. I had the opposite image from the bud. It was of decaying soil going back to the earth, gone now even from this slideshow. But I wonder what that says to us about what pieces of us need to fade away and die and return to the earth so that new things can come up. Well, here is the final image I wanted to show you. These clouds looking up at Father Sky here. Who doesn't remember being a child and looking for the pictures in the clouds? Have we lost that sense of wonder? And where is our imagination, our creativity? It is so desperately needed in these moments. 
where might we cultivate that and how might we cultivate that in our lives? Well, those are the images for you to consider. A little technical trouble. I'll try that again. Look at what happens when, like Thomas, you spend just a few moments wanting to truly see and to touch. So let us give thanks this Sunday, not for the doubting Thomas, but for the curious Thomas, for the intimate Thomas. Maybe he's not a failure. Maybe he's even a saint. And maybe, just maybe, he is our twin. Amen. Let us make a few moments of quiet together. And now let us sing in praise the doxology. I do hope that you are continuing find, to find ways to connect with us online. If you go to the homepage of our website, wpctiburon.org, there's a button right there on the homepage to find us on Facebook, as well as to find us on YouTube. So do, do connect with us virtually, even though we cannot connect in person. I also invite you on that website to go to our Give section. Now, the Ministry of Westminster continues even during this shelter-in-place time, and your financial gifts are important to us. So if you are able to give a gift in addition to your pledge, if you're able to simply fulfill the pledge that you have made for this year, uh, you can do that right there online on our Give section. And we certainly are very grateful for the many ways that you support this church community. Just to note a couple of things coming up this coming week. Uh, we have a film group that has, be, that has begun on Tuesdays at 2.30. Uh, we have our Wednesday morning class as always at 9.30. Those both happen over Zoom. Uh, we email the links to those every single week. If you're not getting the email or if you need the links again, don't hesitate to reach out. 
let us know. Don't hesitate to reach out at any time. You know, we are here, we are available, and we continue to be in prayer for you. So with that, let's join together now in our closing hymn. receive the benediction. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Have hold fast to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. And strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering. And honor all people. Love and serve the Lord your God, rejoicing in the power of of the Holy Spirit. Amen.